do wear just a white shirt. Like. Um, are we live? We better be. But I usually just wear the white shirt. But today, given the fact it's a special, as you know, we don't never ever broadcast on Wednesdays. Um, I just I just thought you know what well, I'll just wear this floppy t-shirt, which I can see is actually the, the print is actually wearing down here. So so maybe the, the end of the days for this t-shirt. You guys didn't expect to get uh, fashion tips, did you? As you were coming out of Greenwood. Do you know what? I do need fashion tips. Um, who did I meet recently? Was it, she was a stylist or something? And I thought, you know what? This is a person I should probably get, you know, get get on a DM because I need help. Uh, I need sartorial advice. Like, I'm one of these people as I'm getting older. Um, like, you need to, not to say you should dress for your age, um, but you, you, you end up looking ridiculous if you wear the same thing you might have worn when you're 18 or whatever. Like, you've got to kind of know what level you're at. And I'm like, get... Getting to the point where you know what, Hong, you're wearing stuff without any consciousness whatsoever as to how, like, how, how you're getting on. You're a dinosaur now. You should dress. I like, I like, I like that. Yeah. Wear what What's you it? feel comfortable in. Wear what you feel good in. Don't care about what anyone else thinks. I disagree, folks. What do you think? Should you dress to your age or not? I need sartorial advice. Anyway, we're live, everybody. Um, we're live on Brain Food Live on air. I would say we're bringing it to you every week, but we are this week is a, a double header because we are going to try and recover the session the session we had last Friday, um, where we had this horrific experience we couldn't actually broadcast. We had to abandon the stream. Uh, we're going to give it another shot today, midweek Wednesday. So thank you, everyone who signed up and registered. Um, I think we've got about 200 or so people uh, so far, which is fantastic. It's about half the numbers that we had. It's a normal attrition, um, but uh, but great to have you all on board. Um, okay, so we do seriously have to do some sound checks now because I was rabbiting on last week um, and basically... Um, I, I went for, went on for about two, three minutes without realizing it was a horrible experience for everyone. We so good. Folks, People saying hello, and and uh, Lee Candy after saying no more scary hung. I'm taking that as a good thing. Lee, I'm addressing you. Can you hear and see me? Okay, is there no pixelation? You know, is 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 a human being visibly on screen? Uh, okay, thank you, Jim. Very good. And by the way, we should be broadcasting this on uh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn Live as well as well as Twitter, Facebook, et cetera. And I had a, some sort of inclination. It might have been something to do with our radical attempt to live stream everywhere that I was making the error, um, but I don't think it was. But let me see whether we are broadcasting in those places. And uh, we are, we're looking good. We are looking good on LinkedIn. You see that? Yeah. And look at that. Awesome. You're looking decent there, aren't you? There you go. Okay. Um, we're, yeah, we're okay we're all right thank god all right well done everybody great to see you back today just a reminder we're going to be talking about linkedin algorithm updates um we're going to get andy foot on in a second and we're, we're going to talk about essentially how to make sure that your posts are viewed uh, to the same degree uh, as they were before because obviously we've seen changes in how the LinkedIn algorithm has been operating. I think anybody who's been posting stuff on LinkedIn will be aware of this. Uh, but very interestingly enough, LinkedIn's product team and C-level have actually been talking about it. Um, so they've, they've given a few interviews. I think they've only given one interview, but they did indicate a few things on that interview as to what's changed and what we need to care about. So no better person to speak to than Andy Foote. Uh, who is in the chat, and we're going to bring him on screen in a minute. Um, okay, before we kick off, though, we need to have a word to our sponsors who've been super patient. Imagine a sponsor, you sort of having an abandoned live stream and not complaining about it. 
Um, but it's to uh, the credit of the likes of Candidate as a business and Alex Van Claveren as a manager and a bloke uh, that he was very magnanimous. So let's bring on Alex. He's going to tell us all about his business um, and why you should care about it. Let's um, hover here, invite to main stage. So again, like too many little things, you know, just you should really just hover on his face and invite to nowhere else but the main stage. Like, I've no interest in putting someone on the wing. I don't even know what the wing is. Um, he could be hello, waiting to come onto the stage. That's how it could work. Hello, Andy. Oh, oh my God. What's happened here, Alex? Like, you've got a new camera or something? This looks amazing. No, what, why? What's different? You look like, it looked professional for a start. Um, <laughs> I mean, okay. Okay, okay. Although it looks like you are like, um, I mean, you're obviously in a studio or something, or maybe in a spare room or something, I guess, in a different place. No. No, so this is just the meeting room in the co-working space that we work at. Cool, cool. Oh, well, anyway, it looks great. The lighting is fantastic. Okay, um, great. Good, good, good to see you, Alex. Um, okay, so nice the, you, Angela. Nice to see you. We're finally here. So, Alex, for the people who don't know you, do you want to quickly introduce yourself? Who are you? What it is you do? Uh, what is Candidate, and why should people care? Sure. So, my name's Alex. I'm the CEO at Candidate. Um, thank you for letting us sponsor this. About Hung, always a pleasure to see you. Um, so real quick, this is going to take about 60 seconds. Um, in the UK, less than 5% of talent acquisition teams have a dedicated sourcer. In the US, this is over 50%. Using a dedicated sourcer allows you not just to look at inbound candidates or search on a few platforms. LinkedIn is a very blunt tool for sourcing. Controversial, I know. What our sources do at Candidate is they use advanced tactics, x-ray search, complex Boolean strings, social search. How can you expect to run a proper DNI program if you don't start a search with a balanced candidate list? Sourcing is all about building a quality pipeline of the very best fit candidates. We are offering a free trial to work with one of our sources. We cover global roles, junior to senior engineering to sales. I'm really trying to make this more exciting, Hung. Is it coming across? <laughs> I will post my contact details. Simply email me and let's chat. Hung, over to you. Amazing. Alex, I know you spent hours of time <laughs> scripting that. Um, and you know what? The amount, the, the amount of CEO time that you spent investing <laughs> on that, which was, you know, I, I hesitate to think, but really, really well delivered. And by the way, folks, this is an amazing offer. I think everyone should take Alex upon it. Um, as I understand it, you are going to uh, provide resourcing, uh, sort of sourcing resource for anybody on demand on a free trial, and they can basically help populate a pipeline. So if you're hiring for a role, uh, you're finding it sticky, it's difficult, just go ahead, speak to Alex uh, via email. Email is going to be shared in the chat stream there. You get, you get extra help. That's it. That is it. Do you want help hiring for your people? Yes or no? Go ahead and do that. And also, it may be, by the way, folks, that you're overwhelmed by candidate application flow. Maybe maybe one of the candidate sources can help you just go through the, 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 the applicant flow. Why not? Makes sense. Um, so, Alex, why don't you share your email in the chat now? And yep. then, folks, if you're hiring, I mean, I don't, I don't know why anybody's not just taking advantage of this. Um, go ahead and grab some of this resource. It's a fantastic offer uh, from a great crew. Um, and just make sure that, uh, you know, you fill in uh, your pipeline and uh, get some free help. Okay, Alex, listen, great to see you. Uh, thanks mm -hmm. for Thank you. Your sponsoring again. We'll chat soon. Obviously, I've told you next time you're in town, let me know. We'll go for lunch or something, okay?
Awesome. Have a good show. Take care, man. So what a grab, fun- grab that email address now because I know what's going to happen with the chat. It'll be hard to find it. So it's right at the bottom at, at the moment. And what's going yeah. on? Awesome nerds rule. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, and someone else, by the way, cut and paste it into the LinkedIn chat stream or whatever it is so that people have that. Uh, Like I say, it's like free resourcing help. Why would you not take advantage of this? Um, Okay, let's get Andy on. Actually, before we get Andy on, let's talk, let's you you and I talk about LinkedIn because we we do post probably in a more amateurish level. Andy's obviously professional, he coaches people to do it. You and I kind of need to do it because we're running our business and doing whatnot. Tell uh, what have you found on posting on LinkedIn recently, Angela? Have you have you found certain things have kind of changed for you in terms of reach and view count? And if so, like how how have you adapted to that? Can you tell us a little bit about your experience? Yeah, so um, probably about six to eight weeks ago, I'd say, whereas posts were getting thousands of views, um, it's in the hundreds now. So it's it's a it's a huge difference with regards to the reach. They brought out the bell, didn't they? So that you didn't miss out on anyone's posts that you really wanted to see all the time. Seems like that's not working. So I want to find out from Andy about that as well. Um, we have a support group in, in the recruiting gym. We have people that join our WhatsApp group as a support group, sharing information, what's working, what's not, trying to find out. And it's probably been the busiest that it's been in the last few weeks going, what is going on? And then, of course, hearing about the algorithm changes and that uh, they are making um, more priority for more things than others and it's it's changing the rules of the game all the time isn't it with LinkedIn and for me it's then knowing okay what are the rules please just tell me the rules and I'll play by them I am a, I'm not a rule maker I'm happy to do that but I don't know what the rules are at the moment they keep changing there is a sourcing support there's a support group for recruiters that that are emotionally devastated by having their LinkedIn reach compromised by the algorithm changes um, but I think all of us have felt this. Folks, let me know whether you feel the same. I mean, I think we can guess that they do, given the fact how popular people have been. So let's bring on Andy. Let's have a, a review of this and see uh, see where we stand. Um, so Andy Foot, bring to the main stage. Um, we should be rolling this through. Um, here we go. I, I tell you what, the audio seems to chime in before the video, doesn't it? So there's a bit of a. It doesn't yeah. seem quite the same way. And they can um, hear you and, and see you while you're in the green room when you click on it as well. So, yeah, there's there's a few few little tweaks with the tech that happens. Andy, mm. yeah, just click on the button. You should be here in a minute. If you're having the problem that I had on Friday, it might need a refresh. Uh, it wouldn't let me in until I refreshed it. I thought that was what everyone else was having the problem with on Friday, but actually... <laughs> It was something it's, totally different. It's fine. Andy's just had gone gone to make a cup of tea or something, so uh, so that's fine. <laughs> I, I tell you what, there's, there's a, a few really interesting things that I want to explore. Uh, oh, here he is. Anyway, uh, there he is, Andy Foot, the one and only. How can I not see anything? I'm going to have to refresh. Hope that doesn't break anything. Hold on a second. We can see you. We can hear you. You're all good. So I wouldn't go. All right. He he can't see us though. Um, no, that's you, weird. Stage is empty. Feel free to refresh, Andy. Click the plus. uh, uh, Let me see what happens when I refresh. Okay. Maybe it's Andy. Maybe it wasn't me that was the uh, the gym. I'll tell you what it is. I mean, basically, the tripod, I think a lot of people might have complained about not having a a green room or a backstage or something like this. Um, And those people shouldn't have complained, basically, because Crowdcast have listened to them and have built it. Um, But it's just uh, over-egging 
Oh, overegging the custard? Do you call it that? Overegging the pudding. Overegging, overegging. You can't overeg custard, can you? More is. is the better. Yeah. Um, overegg the pudding. Um, that's basically what's happened. So, uh, so yeah, disastrous. Anyway, whilst we're here, folks, and Andy's coming in, might now be a good time for us to do the LinkedIn share. Um, so, folks, uh, if you're watching this and you want to connect with a bunch of people um, that are, care about the topic of LinkedIn reach, why don't you take a moment, just grab your LinkedIn URL and share it in the chat stream, um, and then make sure you connect with everyone else who has uh, also done likewise. Um, I think every week we do this, um, and every week uh, you know, people walk away with 40, 50, 60 connections that are really high quality. Um, so a good time for everybody to do that. Uh, if you're watching this on LinkedIn directly, do the same. Um, just share your LinkedIn URL in the comment thread. And then just connect with everyone else who uh, who is doing uh, likewise. Um, and, I love uh, yeah. how everyone is so open to the connecting. And when I when I reach out afterwards, um, everyone's like, "Oh, that's great, wonderful." Yeah, I love recruitment. We're all such nice people, aren't we? While we're waiting for Andy, can I bring up in the Brain Food newsletter? A week ago, uh, so not the most recent one, the one before that. You asked a poll about LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. about which AI feature do you hate the most? I didn't even know about some of these AI features. Uh, so you put things like AI-generated user profiles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the, you look like a computer. Not great. AI message composer. Mm -hmm. I'm quite enjoying that at the moment, where it's it, rather than just saying, no, thank you, it's giving you a reason for the no, thank you. Um, AI job recommender. I mean, it's always recommended jobs, isn't it? But is this something specific? <sighs> Andy, can, can you, you hear me? That's the big question. Yes, we can. The dulcet tones. You're a bit loud on mic, though. I wonder whether there's a way you can moderate that a little bit. But your video is fine, and the audio is definitely there. How's uh, that? Yeah, that's good. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. Brilliant, what, what, Andy. We're there. Right, we're I, have there. A, I, have a I have a confession. Someone may have had uh, this uh, this link open in another a browser. Oh, schoolboy school we've all done it though and it's one of those so, that hold can... up you just said schoolboy error <laughs> mate basics man basics um, anyway andy great to see you and for i think everyone knows who you are but for the people who don't uh, why don't you quickly introduce yourself who are you what it is you do yeah so i'm a i'm a linkedin coach i'm a reassuringly expensive linkedin coach which i totally stole from stella artois the uh, advertising campaign back in the uh, the early '90s, I think it was late '80s. Uh, I thought I was a genius, reassuringly expensive. I thought that's that's magic. And then someone said, "Andy, actually." Uh, so yeah, that's what I do. I help people with the LinkedIn, people in organisations, uh, and I also run a community uh, called uh, Optima Blue, and we refer to ourselves as Bluvians, which is aimed at the lonely solopreneur who's trying to figure out this LinkedIn thing. Brilliant. Why don't you share the link to Optima Blue in the chat stream? Um, I think it is a pay for community, isn't it, Andy? But it's one of those that's definitely well worth getting into. So feel free to uh, drop that into the chat stream. Uh, Andy, if people want to get, uh, I would say, a permanent deep dive, but also a supportive community that's going to help you with some of the issues that we're going to talk about today. Um, Thanks, man. Okay. Andy, let's talk about this. Like, we do know a few things that's true. Like, LinkedIn have changed the algorithm. And they did talk about it. So can you give us your overview as to what you think has changed? Or what, what, what have they said they've changed? And then we'll talk about what the implications are for us. Yeah, absolutely. should also say hi to Angela. Um, all right. So, so <laughs> Thanks I, already. 
No, so, so yes, we are kind of. We were talking about uh, Black Mirror, but I digress. Um, yes, yeah, so I've got three sources. Uh, the first is uh, a, an email from customer support, which was incredibly helpful in terms of laying out what goes into the thinking uh, after we click on on publish. The second uh, is an email sent to so-called top creators from LinkedIn. And the third is the uh, the entrepreneur.com interview uh, with Daniel Roth and Alex Young, uh, probably not pronouncing that name correctly. Uh, so those are the three pieces. And from these three pieces, I've, uh, I've culled certain things that I think are relevant. Uh, let me start with the, the post uh, to e the email to top creators. Uh, I quote, our members value hearing from their immediate networks, uh, connections and followers, duh. Uh, th th when they do, they're open to a range of topics, including personal stories and anecdotes, which help them nurture professional relationships. That was number one. And two, when members see content from people outside their immediate network, they derive more value if that content is grounded in knowledge or advice. Remember that grounded in knowledge or advice. We'll come back to that. They, they derive more value if, 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 it's, if it's coming from that. This could range from tangible work tips to practical advice about getting a new job to ideas for how to run your business and more. So the message there seems to be, look, you can write personal content, so-called personal content for first degrees uh, for their consumption, but second and third degrees don't know you, so you're supposed to lead with knowledge. That's, that was from them. Um, and so that was, go ahead, Hung. That's a really important point. And that it's amazing that they've actually outlined this. Um, but what, what it seems to be doing is that LinkedIn is going to do some sort of assessment as to the content and then distribute the content according to what its assessment is. So in other words, if it is anything, they're going to send it to your first degree because you know your first degree is going to want to know. So here's a tip, folks. Makes sense to have a lot of first degree connections. Go ahead and connect with people because it makes it increases your reach. But if you go off piste, then the second degree aren't going to see that um, because no one's going to be interested in it. It has to be what your level of expertise is. And we're probably going to get to that. How does LinkedIn assess what your expertise is? I assume it's got something to do with what's in your skills or your profile or recommendations and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. So it does beg, um, it begs several questions. What does LinkedIn mean by personal content? Number one, how do they determine what adds value? Number two, what about hybrid content that blends personal with business? Number three, what does this mean for creators who don't want to or refuse to produce personal content? Now, it's probably not black and white like that. Right? There's, it's, it's, it's very much a gray area. The other part of this email to top creators was as follows. As you continue to grow your audience, think about your area of expertise and focus on the professional ideas and insights you're uniquely positioned to share. But don't forget to bring your personality, authenticity, and vulnerability, all of which will help you build your uh, relationship with your audience. So there's definitely uh, this urge from LinkedIn to the so-called top creators at that time. This was back in April. Write about what you know but bring your personality uh, to it. And I'd go further and say, I, I'd say, you know, use storytelling uh, to be less boring and beige uh, seems to be, you know, seems to be the advice. Um, so the, the, one of the problems is that, well, 
LinkedIn doesn't define stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't tell us about content, the content ranking system that clearly it uses, right? So um, we are told that our, our content is ranked based on quality, but it doesn't define what it means by quality. So we don't know whether our content is low, mid, or, or great quality. If we knew that as, as content creators, we'd obviously be able to adjust if it was the former, right? And we'd be able to figure out, okay, well, if that's high quality, then maybe, you know, I keep doing this if that's been ranked accordingly. Uh, LinkedIn does, uh, keeps us in the dark on a couple of other things. For example, um, Angela, you mentioned the bell, right? The mm -hmm. bell has an option, has three options, right? Don't tell me about some, when someone posts, tell me about all of their posts and tell me only about their top posts. What are top posts? It's like, what do you consider to be top? That's that's confusing AF. Uh, the other thing that's weird is, as an example, you know, when we look at profile browsers, LinkedIn uh, categorizes some as interesting. What does that mean? How how ex so? You know, those are just three examples of where LinkedIn is just making it more difficult than it should be, and they refuse to tell us what they mean by these things. The thing is, it's it's subjective, isn't it? And therefore, and also, if it's your top post, I mean, my brain was suddenly going, okay, well, a top post would be the one with the most likes, shares, comments, and everything. But that's going to be later. <laughs> that's going to evolve. And certainly maybe a couple of hours later, they get to that point. So then has that person missed out? Have they missed it? Because now it's too late and they've missed the party. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, the other, the other problem, Angela, with the, the whole bell thing is that um, when people – this arrived, by the way, out of the blue. Uh, it just arrived. Mm -hmm. Here's a notify me bell, and uh, a lot of people were excited, myself included, because now we thought, oh, hold on a second. This is basically a proxy subscribe option. That's mm -hmm. what that is. This, is. this is not a way to you know, get around the algo, but it's, a, it's in addition to what the algo does in its sorting and its ranking system. There's, if I want to see more from Angela – and more from hung, I click on their bell, we're done, I'm gonna see all or top, whatever that may be, or none. Well, clearly, I wanna see either of the, 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 the other two. And, and then there's, again, from customer support, when people were complaining, I had to see from customer support this admission that LinkedIn will silence the bell if they think it's too noisy for that particular user. Hold, hold on a second. I've chosen it. That, yes, exactly. Exactly. You are you are now you've destroyed trust in this this new mechanism. Right. That why give it to someone and then say, ah, oh, but yeah, we're going to silence it because we don't want to bother you too much. With all of you can't watch telly after 10 o'clock all of a sudden. Yeah. We're going to limit it. Yeah. Yeah, so they, you know, they they spoke what they were the truth that they were probably thinking at the time. This customer support person thought they were being helpful. Hopefully, they weren't making it up. But it, it kind of rang true because true because a lot of people were saying, "Hold on a second, Andy, I've clicked your bell. I haven't seen any of your stuff, and yeah. I checked your activity section, so I know I've definitely missed stuff. What's up with this notify me bell? Well, perhaps your space, your feed was regarded as too noisy at the time that I published, and therefore you missed out. Uh, not good." Yeah, it's very, very interesting. Um, I mean, I wonder whether the um, uh, there's a couple of things we do know, I think, with confidence, and it's well worth underlining what those might be. I mean, obviously, the first thing to, to know is to increase the number of contacts you have on first degree, uh, increase the number of followers if you can. Both of those things will just help your, your reach, irrespective of the algorithm, 
because actually the system is going to just prioritize those those followers and first degree folks, irrespective of what you post. The, the assumption is if you've mutually connected, they want to they're going to want to see it. Um, uh, and the second point you mentioned is you've got to align with your relevance. So you've got to almost have a, a, a ratio in your mind to say, look, you need to have X percent that's going to be focused on your expertise uh, and have that maybe as the majority of the posts that you put out, uh, but maybe pepper in a few personal things here and there yeah. if you see fit. All, so always be building for sure. Um, however, you, you better hope that, uh, you, that the folks that you're bringing into uh, your network as first degrees and the people that you're attracting as followers, you better hope that they're going to be active because otherwise they ain't going to help you. Um, LinkedIn, definitely, we, we know that LinkedIn, um, once you start that relationship as a, as, a, as a follower, if you're not then immediately um, following that person back, engaging back and forth, then uh, it's, it's kind of like saying, okay, we believe you might be interested in each other, but prove it. And then not only prove it immediately after that follow or connection, but keep, continue to prove that. It's almost like the link, you know, the, that algorithm looking for relationship status or strength is like, is constantly saying, well, you're, you might be lying. Uh, keep on keeping, keep on telling us that you, that you have a relationship, that you want to continue this relationship in terms of audience, uh, writer, uh, those, along those two lines. Let me go to the customer support thing uh, in April, uh, which I thought was very interesting because the, this person broke down by various areas uh, what uh, the algo, the algo responsible for content distribution, uh, considers to be important or considers. Uh, relevance algorithm, when any post is published, it is scored directly based on quality, that word again, media or lack thereof. So by media, they're talking about photographs attached, as an example, pictures, mentions in the post, right? So people that you're at tagging, or at mentioning, uh, when it was posted, and then distributed to the feeds of followers or other members who have a high dynamic relevance score, which matches the update, by update they mean post, based on previous activity of that member, similar pages followed, profile information to what you, to what you were saying, uh, Hung, when they're online, etc. Since there are so many variables here, this can often vary heavily from post to post. So it's looking at a whole range of factors in deciding who gets to see what. Okay, so some really interesting bits of, by the way, this email, I wonder, I, I, I mean, it, I think people need to see this email, man. I mean, um, uh, it, it, I don't know whether it's published or whatever, it's public information or whatnot, but I think a scan of this would be super useful. Uh, I, let me know, I folks. Posted. Yeah, yeah, let me it's, know, folks, I if you'd like to see it. Yeah, yeah. Send send your post around, Andy. I think people would like to bookmark that and take a look. Definitely, I think it's relevant. Um, and 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 so the the uh, just Maury, Maury mentioned how do you actually engage with eight thousand connections? Uh, I think you're absolutely right. It's impossible to engage with everyone. There's two techniques which I thought was really fascinating. Um, there's a guy called Joel Algy. I don't know whether anybody follows Joel here, but lo loads of people do. He's got two hundred thousand followers on LinkedIn. Um, a great guy on, on TikTok as well. Um, and he is one of the few people that actively de de disconnects people on, link on LinkedIn um, on the basis of activity. So I think that's a lot of work. I actually haven't found a way to efficiently do this. 
But if you were totally into the idea of only engaging with highly active and dynamic people on LinkedIn that are always there, then maybe that's actually something you need to do. You, you personally need to disconnect with folks that don't seem to be doing anything. Now, that's, I think that's manual labor. It's going to be hard to do, but Joel's got 200,000 followers, mate. Um, so um, it seems to be working for him. So I wonder whether that is a technique that could be useful uh, for people who uh, make this like a, a seriously important part of their work. Um, the second thing, Maury, again, addressing how do you engage? I don't think you can engage with every single one of your connections, but I think what, what you can practically do is don't do the post and forget, fire and forget type of approach. Uh, you need to post, but you also need to kind of carve out an extra hour or two after post just to engage with people um, because uh, don't assume that you can come back to that 24, 48 hours after the fact and people care anymore. When they're commenting or they're saying things, go and speak back to them, even if you know, you're know you doing it on mobile or whatever or just a quick emoji if you're, you're moving around. Um, you need to, if you like, a schedule engagement time after you've posted um, that's one way to make sure that you're doing the engagement and then increasing the chances of those people seeing the next thing you post. Um, because absolutely it is the case if I post something, Angela comments, I comment back, next thing I post, next thing Angela posts, we'll both see each other's stuff. Um, so that's basically how it works. Um, so hopefully that makes a bit of sense. On, on, on the disconnecting, uh, it, what, what Joel's trying to do is um, is is keep his... Uh, Keep his his, his focus uh, and his his nexus with um, you know so called active uh, active users people that are active on his content. Uh, hard to do if he's got two hundred thousand. Then you know how exactly is he doing that? Uh, number one. Number two. There's this thing from customer support um, that that may be helpful. Talks about tolerance of viewers. Uh, as members use LinkedIn over time, they become less likely to engage on content posted by the member if they did not engage the last time they saw a post from the same member. If they continue to not engage, they are less likely to be shown posts from the same author in the future. This cycle continues and is offset by new potential connections, followers or other viewers. So there's, a, there's this thing where you have an audience, a core audience. You have that buildup of the core and, and hopefully over time they stay with you. Uh, however, they're going to move on to someone else or something else and you're going to lose some of them. So, you know, what I was saying at the outset, always be building is a is a good strategy because you're building, you know, potentially uh, new new fans of, of yours. Uh, that's my technique is, is just hopefully continue to attract followers, hopefully convert some of those followers into fans. This goes for connections too. And you therefore have this core people of, of people who are willing to turn up for you, by which I mean not just react, but comment. Commenting is, is, is key uh, to, to, to send to the algorithm a very positive message that what you're producing is A, relevant, and B, content generating worthy so you're not only generating content via the post itself but also in comments and the key thing about the com the, the content in comments is it's meshing other people together because before you know it angela who's new to me uh, but knows hung is speaking to both hung me and several other people in the comments of a great conversation that's that's you know what i think what i'm aiming to strive for with every piece of content i put out including polls Right. Polls are not all, all about the, the question, yes or no, or the four options. It's about what happens in comments that's important.
just to address uh, Bob Pulver's point, uh, hopefully Andy's just explained why you are no longer seeing Joel's uh, posts because probably you haven't comment commented on them or uh, engaged them in any way. And that's not your fault, by the way, because I think most people do passively consume, um, but we, are, we might be unaware that if you don't actually register something on someone's post that you like, the, the, the system thinks that it, it, you've been shown something you don't like. Um, and therefore, it might then you might then start to disappear. This happens quite regularly, by the way. It's not just on LinkedIn. It happens on every social network. It even happens on emails and, and what have you. So if you have an email, obviously, I send an email newsletter. Um, but uh, if people don't interact with the email newsletters by clicking and opening on stuff, the, the email will eventually move that into out of the primary inbox and put it into updates. Um, and then, of course, you're never going to see updates, and therefore you're going to be spending less uh, less chance in opening it, and then it's going to move it eventually to spam. So I think all of those things are uh, are super relevant. By the way, Maury and folks, anybody who's got any questions for Andy, use the, the Q&A feature, ask a question feature. We will get to them at the end of the show because we're going to talk more first about what LinkedIn have definitely told us that's going on. So we've we've covered the email on the customer service, which is great. Um, what was the other thing that you felt that uh, LinkedIn yeah. had shared with us? Yeah. So, um, so we we talked. Yeah, we talked about the email to to, to so called top creators. I've spoken about the the customer support, laying out you know what the algo is looking for in various um, various. Um, Points. The third thing, and possibly the biggie, it's super rare for LinkedIn to um, a talk about the LinkedIn uh, and b to 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 be quite honest or frank. Let's say frank about it, and uh, that's what this entrepreneur.com uh, interview uh, gave us with with Dan Roth, the editor in chief, uh, and Alice, who's in charge of discovery, search and discovery. We're talking about. So here are my key takeaways of this interview. Um, during COVID, and, and by the way, I've transcribed the full interview uh, on my on my profile. So if you look for under documents, you'll see not only that, you'll see the customer, uh, the customer support email uh, and the email to top creators. So the takeaways from this entrepreneur.com uh, article uh, interview during COVID, personal content was actually pretty useful to people. And then it really wasn't. And then it became sort of a flood. That's a quote from Dan Roth. So, in other words, you know what? We're just going to let this happen. Or maybe they, they can't help it, but it's happening. Uh, another, another takeaway, the latest algo change designed, is designed to encourage value content. It began being implemented six months ago and is currently rolling out. So if it was six months ago, the interview was June, I think, June 23rd. Roughly beginning of Jan is when you may, you may have seen or started to see some kind of change in what's happening to your posts. If you're paying attention, have you, have you, have you noticed anything? So six months ago, this big algo change, uh, which was more focused on value, advice, grounded in knowledge, less personal. Uh, according to Alice, uh, she trotted out some stats. She said uh, they've seen a 40% increase of people consuming content grounded in knowledge. She also said they've seen an 80% drop in complaints about, I'm calling it the relevance, but it was about the feed uh, since implementing the latest algo changes. Uh, LinkedIn system, the algo looks at both the user's profile page and the topic and type of content when deciding whether it's relevant to the author's followers or connections. 
So it's looking at the, your profile page. Are you an expert in this? It's also going to be looking at the, 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 the person who's receiving the information. Are they interested in accountancy, in in rock, in, in hot, whatever it is? Are they interested in that? Does it make sense that they would want to consume that piece of content? Uh, LinkedIn staff monitors viral content and want to ensure that it, is high, that it is high quality content. There are two kinds of virality according to LinkedIn, viral and blind virality. Users tell LinkedIn they don't appreciate the latter. I don't like any of them. Uh, Sorry, when what's content... blind virality? Yes, so blind virality, uh, I think is when, my, t my interpretation of this is when people see something that has gone to the, to the moon, that they just jump in and they're persuaded by the fact that it's merely viral, right? They don't really care so much. This is my interpretation. They don't really care so much about the subject, but the fact that, you know, X thousands of people have gone, yay, this is amazing. Woo, I'm going to jump in. And maybe they think, you know, if I jump in, then I'm part of the convo in some, in some, in some sense. That, that could also be it, right? Um, when, when content goes viral on LinkedIn, it is not celebrated their word, internally. Dan says there's nothing in our systems that reward virality, and yet it still happens. Dan equates viral content on LinkedIn as a fire, and he said they don't want to pour gasoline on it. Ouch. Uh, the final point, final point, um, Dan takes uh, a laissez-faire approach, this is my wording, to engagement groups. So in other words, ponds and pods and comment farms. If content does well within that group, that's sort of it. They were talking to themselves, essentially. So to me, this is, uh, I don't know, before I go into what I think, uh, what, 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 what's, your, um, what's your feel about those, those takeaways, guys? Hang on, um, Angela, before, before you answer that, I just, just want to uh, address the audience there. That question from Andy is for everyone as well. So if you've got any thoughts on what Andy's just talked about, Blind virality, engagement points, what have pods, what have you? Do let us know what your thoughts are on, on, in the comments. And indeed, if you have any questions specifically, use the question and answer function. Uh, go ahead, uh, Angela. The pod thing, a laissez-faire approach for me then means that they're they're not putting them in a, in a negative light in any way, shape, or form. They don't care. It's either it, it, it works or it doesn't. We're not going to challenge it. Whereas that was the opposite of what I'd heard before. Well, in the in the LinkedIn professional community policies, they specifically tell users not to do anything to manipulate uh, content by using a systematic approach to, you know, prop it up, my words, you know, in terms of giving engagement uh, by organizing it in advance. Angela, you're part of my pod. Uh, but before you uh, put that piece of content out, uh, let's organize behind the scenes. You tell us when you're going to put it out. So we're going to jump on it and we're going to send uh, we're going to send support via. That's great. I love this. This is wonderful. Couldn't agree more. Right. Those short um, sort of easy to spot statements. I think you're right. I think LinkedIn is saying, look, we don't care enough about this to stop it. And or perhaps we can't. We don't know exactly how to do that, which would surprise me. And, you know, the, the thing is that um, some influencers on this on this uh, platform definitely have used pods or probably still using them. And yet still, you know, have built up followers, thousands upon thousands of followers using this technique. Uh, and, you know, why why are they allowed to get away with it? 
you know, that's that's the thing. It chills someone who just started on LinkedIn, right, looks at that and thinks, well, that seems a little unfair. How am I ever going to compete, for example? So it's a, it's a chilling effect. And besides, why say it's against the rules if you don't enforce the rules, right? You know, make your mind up. What is it? Is it against? Dan is saying, look, they're kind of talking to each other anyway. Yeah, but that to me, it 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 shows a lack of control, is what that's saying, right? That's... Yeah, I think on the pod side, I mean, for people who don't know, engagement pod is basically an agreement that you know when all of you agree to comment on the a post that any other member would make in order to try and trigger this engagement, uh, this virality. Um, so, so the, these are quite common on all social media platforms. You kind of see it, and it's pretty obvious when when comments do come in. In fact, these days you can even automate some of the commentary, which makes it even worse. Um, however, it seems that it's effective. So it's hard to to be over, overtly critical of this, uh, seeing that it seems it, it's it's of people's benefit. So there's a, a disalignment there. But I guess, as you say, LinkedIn doesn't really care that much, um, and it might have an a, a practical implication, sort of a, a problem in trying to police it. Like, how do you know uh, this person is part of an engagement pod? They may just simply be a person that likes to say yes. I mean, we've already talked about how to get someone's feed constantly back in, and we've recommended go and like Joel's posts if you want to see more Joel's posts. Okay, is that guy part of a engagement po a pod, or is that person simply being incentivized to keep Joel's posts into the feed by doing something engagement pod like? So it might be they can't actually police it. Um, so anyway, if you're part of a pod, good on you. Crack on. Um, should they be allowed to look at their messages to see any kind of collusion and use that as part of the? Um, oh, I think they the do already. I think they do already. I mean, I'm I'm pretty certain that all of your private messages are private, maybe to you, uh, you, your lover, and LinkedIn. Um, so they they Agreed. they do know they do they do track that, and I'm pretty certain uh, that it will feed into. Uh, whatever it is that, uh, 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 in terms of what, what you see or not. What was super interesting, Andy, was this idea of your profile um, and the, the words on your profile align with whether other people might see your stuff. So I'm guessing that this encourages keyword stuffing, doesn't it? Like, it doesn't it, does it mean if I'm a recruiter, I should just be festooning my profile with recruitment jargon and terminology such that it's very evident I care about recruiting. Um, so, it, 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 yeah, it, it could do harm. Um, you know, that's that's certainly uh, one take. However, you'd think that LinkedIn's system for trying to figure out relevance is more sophisticated than than just, you know, looking for a particular term, phrase uh, that's used repeatedly. You'd think that they'd also be looking at your past history of the content that you've put out there. So if, you know, if Angela has been writing about X consistently over the last 12 to 18 months, uh, and she, she writes another post about something completely different, how, how does that, how does the algo think about, what, what does the algo think about that? Is she merely stretching her wings? Is she going into a different direction? Uh, or is that not part of what shall be distributed because it's not, you know, it's not part of her skill set or, or you know, her, her talent. Um, that would be interesting. So, I've literally just written a post half an hour ago about car insurance and climate change <laughs> and offsetting yeah. your carbon footprint. Right. It's probably been over a year since I've referenced that in any way, shape or form, and certainly not through yeah. car 
difference. So let's yeah, let's see what happens with that because that's not me, obviously. It's 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 obviously a constant testing environment. Um, whenever you put a post out, then you are going to get a, a, a test with um, a random bunch of well, perhaps not random, right? Uh, a bunch of folks that are interested in that particular uh, area in your connections. A bunch of folks that are also interested in that area in your followers, certainly new followers, because we want to test them too to see if they they want to they wanted to test their appetite to see your stuff, uh, and then based on that initial test, how is it done? Has that piece of content gone down well? Has it generated comments in addition to reactions? What about reposts? Has anyone reposted it? That's that seems to be a very strong. I mean, that's something extra that people do have to do. Uh, so that would seem to be a strong endorsement, no? So you know, there's there's that too. I, I think it's important to show that you have a body of work. A, B, that your profile uh, is where it needs to be in terms of your 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 expertise and your background. You know, what is grounded in knowledge? Uh, it should definitely be there, uh, hung to answer your question. On on that note, then, folks, just as a as a recommendation, I think everyone could probably do with an audit on their profile pages because. If you're like me, you probably have gone through it forensically at some point, but nobody does this every regularly. It's like, I, I, I'm now thinking, when's the last time I actually did anything on my profile page? Probably several years ago. Um, and that was several algorithm changes ago. Um, so it makes sense to kind of go back to it and think, okay, what do I want to be known for? What do I talk about generally? And then make sure that you're, you're, you're also expressing your interest and expertise in your profile. Um, and I think, by the way, if you're more of, a, of an observer of content rather than a publisher of it, it may make sense for you to do this process anyway, because it seems that it could be that LinkedIn is also looking at the receiver's profile to do that matching. So in other words, if you've got a vanilla profile, you love recruitment and blue parrots, let's say, um, but you've got a vanilla profile that barely mentions recruitment and doesn't mention blue parrots at all, chances are a person posting about blue parrots is not, you're not going to see that even if they're first degree connections. So probably everyone should go through their LinkedIn profile and think, okay, what do I want to be known for when I'm publishing? And what do I want to see when I'm receiving? And then kind of make sure those words are in there. Um, so, so yes. Okay. Listen, Andy, we're, we're, we're accelerating through this. So I want to just, uh, kind of communicate to the audience, your recommendations. So we kind of know a little bit about where LinkedIn is and what the philosophy is, maybe even some of the, uh, more precise, uh, um, uh, implementations they've made. Um, and you've also published this as well. So, you know, people go check out Andy's, uh, LinkedIn and it's in the, 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 documentation section i think it's under feature or something uh that material is there what recommendations do you have for people that want to extend their reach can you give us a couple there andy yeah so i would say um find your voice uh if you haven't indeed already what do i mean by that well given the what linkedin seems to be saying here is that the the best way for you to to reach uh, and to spark conversations, engagement from uh, an audience member is certainly to provide the, the, the information grounded in knowledge, without a doubt, so to provide advice. But if you can do that by injecting your personality and making it uh, a good read, it's either a fun read, a good read, uh, insightful. I use snark a lot. 
uh, and you know, I, 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 I probe, I push. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm always asking uh, why uh, is LinkedIn doing something, not just merely reporting the news. I think that anyone can do that. That's boring. So inject your voice. What is your voice? What's your personality? Infuse your content with that and, and see how that goes. You've got to experiment. If that, if, if that generates conversation, great. Keep doing that. If, if whatever you're putting out isn't generating conversation, then obviously you need to find out why. Uh, and, you know, LinkedIn is not really helping. But what LinkedIn does seem to be saying is, look, there's been a flood of personal content. We are trying to reverse that. However, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? What we know is that people who write well and can inject, you know, storytelling, can inject their personality, their character, their humor, uh, whatever it is, their spark into what they're writing. They're the folks that we want to encourage and we want to see more of that. Uh, you know, you've seen it. If You've seen a white paper, you've seen boring company pages posts, and they're boring AF, and they don't get any engagement. Don't do that, right? You've got to get that engagement. Uh, and you've got to use all the vehicles that content gives you. For example, uh, the content that LinkedIn gives you. Uh, polls is an example. Don't believe that polls are not and can't be, you know, are are, are obsolete. That that no one wants to see polls anymore. Sure, they do. If it's if it's a creative poll that no one's ever seen before, right? Or if it's hot, if it's on a trending uh, topic that you personally have not seen that question asked before, then run it, right? Um, so think about your voice. Think about the vehicles, uh, and think about how to inject your your yeah your personality. I think is is what LinkedIn seems to be saying here. There's a re- there's been a reduction in views as well. So I've seen roughly a 30% reduction since the beginning of the year. I don't know if that was just happenstance that this is when the algo change uh, you know, apparently happened. But my reduction in views doesn't bother me at all. I don't care about views. In fact, I think views are quite dodgy as a stat. I think they can be manipulated. I, I, I've never trusted them. I don't care whether a post gets 20,000 or, or 5,000 views. What I care most about, what I think everyone should care about, are the comments that you're generating. Right. As long as you focus on that uh, above everything else, you should find a, a way to build an audience and keep an, an audience uh, satisfied. I've got yeah. to shout out Joe McCatty stay, saying getting snarky if it suits your style, tone and voice. And I did want to clarify, because when you said snark, add snark, I immediately went, that's a mnemonic for five words. What is it I need to know, Andy? <laughs> and then I realised you meant snarky. Yeah, well- <laughs> from there but McCatty yeah. what a great name you've got to be snarky definitely Joe I think I think when it comes down to your own voice it's probably a uh, 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 through life for another topic like how do you actually do the voice the discovery of your voice and by the way this is something that every writer creative person singer artist whatever they are they go through that process um and I guess this is something that they that they know about, but we as now publishers, we've now been given the, the awesome opportunity to become publishers ourselves, um, then we'll eventually discover this uh, also. Uh, one thing that is true is that I think that it, to be authentic is not only ethically um, the right thing, but it's also practically better simply because it's less effort. 
Um, I mean, I think you can do the, pre the pretense um, and it's hard to keep the pretense up. Um, it's just, it's like lying all the time. You have to maintain it and it becomes just a huge amount of cognitive effort. Um, so it is really just speaking to, in your own voice right as you speak is one of the, the key things that everyone needs to learn. Um, and once you kind of get that, it actually becomes a lot easier. Like It takes the weight off your shoulders and you're able to blast out. I want to talk before the end of this about post frequency, Andy, because I wonder whether you can post too infrequently um, and too frequently. So in other words, where is the Goldilocks zone? Um, I, I'm guessing, but if you post very infrequently, then the, alg the algorithm is more or less cold, it's dead. No, no one has interacted with your stuff for ages. Therefore, you post something, of course, no one's going to interact with it. Um, but I think you can also post too much. So let's say you post every day or multiple times a day. I think it's possible to do that on LinkedIn. Um, and actually, your engagement level per post will probably go down, given the fact that you're posting so frequently. Uh, and therefore, it may well be that your uh, the post that you want to have an impact is getting diluted through this. Do you have a recommendation as to what the optimal frequency is per week yeah so um again the customer service uh, helpful customer service person handled handled frequency of posting as well and he or she said how often a post uh, how often to post can be tricky to master posting not enough will result in less overall traffic to your profile and engagement on your content however posting too often can lead to reduced distribution when looking at each post separately since our feed relevance algo aims to show our members content from a wide variety of authors and sources and not show too much content from the same author source at one time. Uh, Goldilocks. So, yeah, I'm, I, I do not like people, coaches, let's call them that, who say or, or who, who say let's do a challenge, let's do a post challenge. And you've got to post, you know, 30 days, once a day, uh, or whatever the heck it is. That's ridiculous. That's putting a lot of pressure on you for no, no reason whatsoever. Uh, I'm a big believer in posting when you have something to say, something that you think is going to be relevant, uh, that people are going to want to engage on. So you should, I don't think you should have a schedule. I don't think you need that pressure. Uh, when it bubbles up and you think it's, it's ready, uh, to be read, then put it out there. I am an infrequent poster. I really don't care about whether or not the link, uh, the algo is looking for me for that consistent feed of fresh content. I don't care about that. It's gonna. I'm, I'm posting when I'm good and ready and basta. Um, the only so, uh, Andy. Yes. Yes. Syndrome. There are so many people that would say, "Why would anyone want to read what I'm, I've got to say?" And they will end up never posting. Yeah. So I, I, it's, it's real. Uh, and I get that. Um, you've got to you've got to get over it. You've got to somehow you've got to find it within yourself. Also, look at the other folks. Look at the other stuff. Right. The LinkedIn platform is your lab. Uh, look at what other people are putting out. If you, if there's not an inner voice thinking I can do that or I can do that better. Even you know that's what you need to focus on. That those that voice is the one that you that you need to listen to, uh, or look at that and it didn't get hardly any engagement. I I, I can definitely uh, do that too. There's there's I'm a big believer that everyone has stories and value to bring, and you mesh both of those, and you might just have a piece of content that gets somewhere. All right, I think everyone's got different strategies here. We've got to come to the end of the show, but. 
Um, I think finding your own voice and finding your own strategy are also two sides of the same coin. So in other words, you've got to figure out what kind of personality you are, um, and that will help determine uh, your approach to posting. Um, I think that it's quite possible to be an irreverent poster and be very successful. Um, it's uh, someone like Mitch Sullivan is, is, is a classic example of that. Uh, Joel, of course, we talked about him post every day. Um, maybe that's too much, certainly too much for me, but not too much for him. He's hugely prolific um, and he's now set up a business doing it. Um, Andy, more surgical, um, you know, more high value. Um, and uh, probably myself and Andrew, probably similar. Like we're not professionals at it, but we, we we kind of need to stoke the engine because it's important for us to never have a dead dead audience, so to speak. Um, you know, we, we, we need to kind of keep making sure that people get fed this. So my own approach is to let you know, I mean, you know that I publish a newsletter every week. Um, so that goes out, you know, that brain food goes out on Friday. So I already count them as two things. Um, and I don't want to do too much more. And usually there's a, there's a, a post Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, there's something maybe uh, I, I want to talk about if it bubbles up. So I'm, I'm basically on a three per week um kind of activity level um i could probably do more i think i could probably squeeze out once every day but i am also conscious that maybe i end up appearing uh you know overly exposed and linkedin actually has a mechanism to, to police against that um okay cool just there. You're overly exposed squeezing one out every day can we just move on yeah i you know what that's true Absolutely. Can I jump? Exposed. Can I jump in on, on one, 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 one more thing about? I think big picture is that, that one of the reasons LinkedIn is trying to get us more to value, um, and, and you know, and grounded in knowledge and, and advice, and away from personal content is that they're seeing they're seeing a lot of personal content. Why? Well, frankly, it, it might be easier to write. Uh, you know, if you're if you're if you're just if you're giving an update on what's happening in your life that might well be relevant to people that are close to you and perhaps living life by proxy and they love everything that you do, so they love these breezy updates, that's perhaps not going to get you a, a bigger audience. It's going to it's, You're going to stick with those people who are interested in, in what you had for breakfast. Now, that's me being very glib and general, but it's easy to do and we're seeing too much of it in, the, in our feeds. And so that's why LinkedIn might be saying, hey, listen, con you know, knowledge, content, it it's harder. It takes more time to produce. But that's generally what we think more people want to see in their feeds. That's why there's been an 80% reduction in the relevance of our feed since we put this algo in place. So think about that. Uh, I think that's why they're pushing. And these people that are saying this is not Facebook, they're, they're generally silent, right? They're they, they say that once and then they're pissed off because they're seeing too much of Facebook content. LinkedIn never wanted to be Facebook. They're LinkedIn. But do you know what? We're going to, that, that is another show where we have to talk about how do we actually use LinkedIn? Because there's going to be an insert into the brain food this week uh, about this lady who used LinkedIn as a dating site. Um, and, and her recommendation was, hey, listen, it's great because you could do filters on people's jobs and education and stuff like this. Uh, very accurate. 
it completely blew up. It was like, oh my God, this person's terrible. But hey, who is to police the usage of it? I mean, uh, Twitter started off as like a messaging tool, I think, for emergencies, um, um, so that you could do a one to many uh, non SMS out- update. Uh, YouTube started off as a dating site um, before it became a media thing. So I, I, I'm kind of of the feeling that, you know what, it's up to the users to determine how to use the, 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 the platform. Um, okay, listen, guys, we are going to finish on time. Um, because it is sunny outside and you know what i've got to top up the tan ladies and gentlemen um so we're going to close it off today andy foot really thank you for coming back on the show Small for your patience. every day boom um Snoop dog is on the platform first time ever sound effect onto the system uh but guys follow andy of course um a wonderful person to just keep in touch with in terms of linkedin updates as 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 you've heard uh, and indeed there's lots of public stuff that's on the profile so make sure you do that um angela really great to see you again thank you so much for being co-host everybody thank you so much for watching hope you enjoyed it we're back on friday uh, back to normal programming we're going to be talking about how to convert your employees into linkedin talent influencers so yes how do you get your employees to start advocating for your business um we're going to talk about the cisco case study and we've also got a bunch of ev experts are going to help uh sort of come together uh, bring together a playbook on how to do it uh so folks i hope you've enjoyed it i'll see you in a couple of days thanks everyone thank you thanks Ang. thanks angela